State Champs Indiana Extra Point is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. Just go to ltuathletics.com and click on the Recruit Yourself link. Academic and athletic scholarships are available in over two dozen varsity sports, including football. My name is Greg Reichstraw, joined as always by Bob Sampazzi. Hello, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Coach. I tell you what, another exciting week of slobber knocker football we went through. Well, tell me about your game. I, I think I know which one you had, and it sounds like it was a bit of an upset. It was. It uh, Well, I say it was, but Norfield defeated Southwood by the score of 20-17. to 17. Southwood, though, Greg, was without five starters for the night uh, due to injury. So that made an impact. But I got to tell you, give credit where credit's due. Uh, uh, Coach Baker just did what he needed to do, or as we like to say, prototypical Norfield football. They run the football over 50 times with uh, Jaden Gosser rushing for 180-plus yards on 34 carries and got the winning touchdown with uh, inside 10 minutes to go. But that's how they defeated uh, Southwood on Friday night and played some excellent defense uh, on Friday to get the big TRC Wabash County victory. It's a Southwood program over the last four or five years has been really good, and they have been able to sustain some graduation losses and just keep right on trucking. Is, is this a situation where once they get those five starters back, they will be as good as they have been, or are they a little down this year? Oh, they'll be down just a little. Uh, you look at their quarterback, Mo Lloyd, has never played quarterback before, period. And he looked extremely comfortable, Greg, throwing the football and moving the offense. But they were without uh, Isaiah Sutton, uh, Elijah Sutton, excuse me, uh, who is their leading rusher of 150 yards a game. He did not play. They were missing a couple of wide receivers. They were missing a couple of the hogs up front. You combine that, this is a good football team. They lose Oak Hill earlier in the season, which is a outstanding football team, as we just saw lost to uh, uh, Eastbrook over the weekend, the CIC down at Ball State. But uh, Southwood is going to be a very formidable foe come tournament time. They will get ready. It's a loaded sectional. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, come tournament time for Southwood. And you, and, you, and you just talked about that was my next question to you again. Not every county rivals in the same sectional. You know, for example, Adams Central and South Adams, yeah. they've gone separate ways sectional-wise for the last couple of years. Yeah. But Northfield and Southwood are in the same sectional, so it's very likely these two could play each other. Again, the same thing can be said for the matchup that I had on Friday night as we had Center Grove for a third time in the first four weeks. And it's the last time, barring a schedule change, that we will see Center Grove uh, until the postseason and probably the regional round. Center Grove got a, got a better game than the score would indicate. The final score was 45-21, to 21, but it was 24-21 with four minutes left to go in the third quarter. Ben Davis had a lead late in the second quarter. Center Grove would score a touchdown right before halftime. And the guy that scored the touchdown was Caden Curry. And you've heard me talk about Caden Curry because of what he does from a defensive standpoint for the Center Grove Trojans. They have him on a few plays being a wingback or a tight end. And they felt that uh, when they had to get a touchdown, if they're going to do it in the air, the best player to do it was a guy wearing number 91. And their defensive tackle, Baz, made a one-handed catch in the end zone, keeping his feet tapped along the sidelines to ensure that he could make the play. Uh, and and I, I stumped for it on Bob Lovell's show on Friday night. 
I'll do it here again as well. You know, we've had Mr. Football around for 30 years. I can think of a couple of occasions where it's gone to a young man that was a defensive player, either primarily a defensive player, Bo Barzalaskis, uh, I think was the second Mr. Football out of Bloomington South back in 93. Uh, and then Jack Kaiser, who is now a linebacker at Notre Dame, but was a kid that played both sides of the football, a pioneer. He was basically on every coverage team, every special teams unit, you know, safety slash quarterback, tailback. He just played every snap as far as pioneer was concerned. Caden Curry will play a handful of snaps offensively. He is primarily a defensive player. But to me, he is Mr. Football, and Center Grove Bob has now won 18 consecutive games, and they've already beaten Ben Davis, Carmel, and Warren Central by an average of 25 points a game. And, you know, Greg, listening to what you were saying, uh, watching some uh, uh, video of that game, actually, uh, it's interesting to see. I wanted to get your thought on uh, Center Grove actually being challenged, how they responded in a positive way, and where does this take them down the road coming off a very tough uh, game on Friday night? Well, it was a good, it was a good thing they were challenged. And the, I was trying to think back to the opener against Warren Central, and I'm pretty sure they never trailed in that game. I think Warren matched them at 7-7, but never trailed. Center Grove won that game 38-14. to uh, So the last time that Center Grove would have trailed, they did not trail during the postseason. The last time they were down was week nine against Cathedral last year. Were in their own building. They had to come from behind to win that game 17-13. If Cathedral converts a late fourth down, Center Grove doesn't win that football game. And again, those two teams were both ranked in the top 20 nationally last year. Center Grove, as of last week, checked in at number 10 in the nation in terms of the Max Preps rankings. I think it's a good thing. Um they have they have rarely been challenged over the course of the last couple of years. Um, but when they have been, they have answered the bell. Ben Davis perhaps provided a bit of a blueprint or a, a cause for concern in how Center Grove defends teams that will play four and five wide for the majority of the game. You simply cannot run the football on Center Grove. It's, it's not going to happen. Uh, at least from a tailback, like a, a scrambling quarterback, you go empty set and let the design quarterback draw. I think that can work, but just line it up, hand the football to the tailback. I've seen it in three weeks. hadn't worked. Just, just simply has not worked. Um, but Ben Davis was able to move the football when their quarterback in Juwan Swanson was accurate. Uh, he had a couple of interceptions early, but settled down and finished the game with three touchdown passes. Uh, and so, you know, did some solid things. From that standpoint, Warren Central, move the ball a bit in the air. Same for Carmel. Problem is, is that you then give that, <laughs> that vaunted defensive line the chance to get after you. You know, entering the game on Friday night, Caden Curry had 16 tackles, seven of those for a loss. He had a sack on Friday. Uh, he's, again, we've referenced the places he's going to play, Oregon, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and Indiana, his final five. Carl Biddings, who because of Ben Davis spreading the field, didn't play as much for Center Grove on Friday night. He's got an offer from the University of Louisville over the weekend. James Schott's going to go play at Miami of Ohio, and Owen Green rounds out that that, that front four. Um, Baz, I don't think they're going to be challenged until they get to Cathedral in week number nine. Uh, and again, Cathedral, 
you know, the beat rolls on, rolls on for Cathedral as they dispatched of Chittard uh, with relative ease o- over the course of, of, of Friday night's game. So Cathedral now gets their record to 4-0 on the season. I frankly expect both of those teams to be 8-0 when they get together in Week 9. Uh, you have heard me say that game is going to be at Arlington. And talking with a friend of mine at Cathedral yesterday at the Colts game, he tells me I think that game's actually been played at Tech so they can accommodate a bigger crowd. But the big news there is that it's also on turf. And I think that's a very good thing uh, as far as the speed of Center Grove is concerned. So, Baz, um, they were challenged. They responded to it. I think the biggest takeaway from that game is Ben Davis knowing if they can get back to Center Grove, which would be in the semi-state round, and for Ben Davis to do that, they'd have to get past Carmel. They'd have to get past Brownsburg. And Brownsburg beat Ben Davis in week one by a score of 33 to 22. If Ben Davis gets back to Center Grove in the semi-state, they know they can be competitive. And, and I think that is half the battle against a team as good as Center Grove. It's a great question, buddy. I appreciate you asking it. Uh, this is the part where I normally defer to all things Summit City to you. Anything from Fort Wayne catch your attention on Friday night? Yeah, Snyder didn't play. I mean, you, yeah. <laughs> they did not uh, uh, were not able to come up with an opponent since Southside was quarantined, so they had the week off. Now, pro and con of that, you're also healing up. You get time to work on yourself, you know, to get better uh, for this week. Uh, Lures comes away with a big win. I got to tell you, this is a trap game coming up for Lures, Greg. They're going to play Northside. They're one and three. I'm telling you, this is a trap game uh, for the Knights of Lures High School. They have to come in and play because South, I mean, Northside actually is very athletic. But up here, the game is going to be East Noble and Leo. And this, you want to talk about a slobber knocker. If there are more than four passes in this game, stop the presses. Uh, they're just going to get after it in this bad boy. They're going to be a lot of hard hitting going up front with the Hogs. Uh, this Northeast corner, this Northeast State uh, game, Greg, is just going to be a true matchup of two powerhouses in East Noble and the Leo Lions. Yeah, as I say, the Knights and the Lions are two teams that perennially you're talking about playing into the regional or semi-state round. Of course, a couple of years ago, East Noble made it all the way down to Lucas Oil Stadium, finishing as the runner-up to Evansville Memorial. Speaking of rivalry games, the other game from the Indianapolis area that I want to mention, and I, I, I don't know how far into the tournament HSE can go. They do get the benefit of being in the northern half of 6A as compared to the southern half of 6A. You know, Westfield and and HSE will get Westfield in the very near future. Westfield appears to be the best team in the northern half of 6A, at least in the Indianapolis area. I'm sure Maribel will have something to say about that as the tournament goes along. But I wanted to bring up HSE and Fishers just because of the level of crowd that was on hand for the game that is known as the Mudsock game. And the folks at an eight, for those that don't know, HSE and Fishers is one school district. It is Hamilton Southeastern Schools. Fishers splits off from HSE 15 years ago. If those if those two schools were still one school as it was back then, there'd be over 7,000 students at that high school. Now both of them very equal in terms of about 3,500. Obviously still in the top 10 to 12 schools in the state uh, in, in terms of high school enrollment. Uh, Fishers won the state title in 2010. HSE has played in those days for a 5A state championship many years ago. So it hasn't 
that rivalry maybe hasn't had the biggest impact in terms of garnering statewide attention, but I do think it could be the, the rivalry game that plays in front of the most people. The estimates of the crowd were 12,000 that were on hand on Friday night. And it leads me to a bigger picture. Um, you know, the level of high school football in this state has skyrocketed over the last 20 to 25 years. The interest in high school football has skyrocketed during that time. But, but Baz, I'll, I'll describe this in kind of Indianapolis terms. People ask me, you know, is, is there a game that draws 15, 20, 25,000 like you see with a St. X and Trinity in Louisville or like you would see maybe with a Moeller and an Elder, the greater Catholic League schools in Cincinnati or what you see on a given Friday night in, in Texas, you know, places like Odessa, Permian, Dallas, et cetera. I say, no, we don't have that in Indianapolis, but I can take you to any one of 15 games that are likely to have at least four or 5,000 that will be there. Fishers and HSE might be that game that if I said, hey, if I point you to the biggest crowd, a game that is the biggest deal because of those two teams playing in a rivalry game, that's the game I'm pointing to. So in your neck of the woods, if I said, tell me the biggest, baddest rivalry that is likely to have the biggest attendance, what immediately comes to your mind? Battle of the Bishops, uh, Lures okay. and Dwinger. Uh, that just is going to be it in, in Fort Wayne. When those two hook up, uh, it's forget about it. And, and, you know, you got grass. You brought this up a minute ago. It's going to be on turf at Tech. But uh, uh, Dwinger put in their own stadium now. They have yep. turf. You go out to Lures, they still have grass on the south side. So, yeah, that, that for me, are, are really the biggest uh, rivalry in the sack. And, of course, you have to throw uh, Snyder in there whenever they're going to play, sure. you know, Lures or Dwinger, those two. But, yeah, they, yeah, home, another great one, actually, is Homestead and Carroll will pack the stands. And so, but it's by, no, no, not even comparison of Dwinger and Lures. That's, that's it up here. In a couple of years, Ron Colley and Cathedral will renew their regular season series. There'll be another answer in the Indianapolis area after that rivalry has been kind of shelved for many years. Both of them, I think, will be state champs, Ron Colley in 4A, Cathedral in 5A. They are back on the regular season schedule with each other. I don't think it's next fall. I think it's 2023 that that game will resume. Baz, who you got on Friday night? Well, Friday night we'll be headed to uh, Wabash High School Alumni Field as uh, Southwood will take on uh, the Apaches. Apaches are off to a tough start this year. Uh, they've been hit by COVID. They've been hit by injuries. Uh, they're over right now, and so uh, Southwood needs a right to ship. This is going to be an interesting ball game uh, uh, Friday night up at Southwood, and uh, Bob Pilgrim now have the game beginning at six thirty on one hundred five nine the Bash. Very cool. I'll have Ben Davis and Warren Central. Obviously, this is kind of the Marion County Super Bowl every year. Yes, everybody is chasing Center Grove at this point in the mix, but there needs to be no apologies made when these two schools get together. And of course, the emotional story here, Mike Kirshner was the longtime coach at Ben Davis, led them to two state championships, elected to go to a smaller school, not a small school, but smaller compared to Ben Davis in Mount Vernon. I literally thought there was one job he'd leave Mount Vernon for, and that was Warren Central because Mike is an alum of Warren Central. Uh, he's probably there for a year, two or three, I think at most, before he officially hangs up his whistle. But Mike Kirshner on the opposing sideline at Ben Davis High School, that hasn't happened as a head coach before. 
That's the game that I'll have. Lance Scheib with me, 7 o'clock on My TV 23 and the ISC Sports Network. Today's program brought to us by Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself at ltuathletics.com. For Bob Stambazzi and Kevin behind the scenes, this has been State Champs Indiana. Extra point. Extra point.